Hi everyone, Tooth and Claw Podcast here. We got Jeff, Mike, and Wes. Wes is our wildlife biologist. Resident biologist. Uh, still haven't found your degree. Haven't found it yet. Okay. <laughs> I do I, have it. I helped him out with some field work, and Mike is our tech guy. Um, we are a wildlife podcast, and we talk about animal encounters, animal attacks, and we kind of give a perspective of why that happened and what us as humans should have done differently. Could have learned. Yeah. You know? We can learn from these things. So when you hear the term tech guy, yeah. what do you envision? I think of, I think like of Nedry? The, the nerd squad from Best Buy. Okay. Like Geek yeah. Squad. Well, Geek Squad, yeah. Geek Squad. That's like, like in pop culture tech guy. Who do you pop, think? I would think of... You remember the guy in GoldenEye that has the pen where he's always twirling it? Boris? It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Boris. Him. I'm thinking of the new James Bond tech guy who's like oh, pretty yeah. cool, almost like as cool as oh, James the Bond. The new Q. Q, yeah. yeah. yeah That's just kind of cool. you. That's the guy that plays Paddington. Yeah. I love Paddington. <laughs> oh, is <laughs> it? We, uh-huh. I didn't know that. We should yeah. probably no, watch it's cool. We yeah, we'll put that on our next Smash Bet. How accurate is that to bear behavior? He's, you know, he's from South America, so he should be an Andean bear or a spectacled bear. Mm. He doesn't look like one, so that's already a bit. <laughs> the big marmalade, say, spot on. Yeah, they would definitely like marmalade. Yeah. Um, what part of the world are teddy bears from usually? The U.S. Really? I don't know. They're named after <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Another one in the W column for the old U.S. of A. Guess what? We're going to talk about <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt it. some more today. Who are we? Yeah. Oh, cool. His big uh, old stash. We're, we're together. We're, we're together. Wes here in Yellowstone. We're recording from our nation's first national park. Me and Mike drove up and he drank three drinks and then he's like, why do I have to pee? And I was like, <laughs> Once again, grossly misrepresenting the actuality of the situation. And but. then I ate seven of your fries. And you were pretty mad about that. You know that. what? I can't but that be was, so mad. I think mad you were joking, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> with the lasagna, everyone remembers Lasagna Gate from about two years ago. Yeah. I still think about so, wishing I could have tried it. <laughs> Jeff I neither. Really he didn't ask and he did not receive any lasagna. So yeah. I think in his brain now is like, I better just take some, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there's like another step you could take that would be so easy for you to just get what you want. It's just ask. Did your mom make that lasagna? Oh, dude, don't remind me. Oh Did she? God. Yeah. So Jeff will never get that lasagna. That's true. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's gone forever. It, it makes me so want good. it. It's uh, like one of those things where it's like it's always where you can't have it now. It makes you want it's like it the more. food and hook that they throw at each other. What about and it's it? all colorful and you can just you can't have that food. It doesn't exist. <laughs> That's how you feel when you watch Hook. That's how I feel about Mike's mom's lasagna now. Mm. I'll never get it. Yeah, there. You guys are here. We're in Yellowstone. We went around and looked for wildlife. Freddy Lasagna. He almost caught <laughs> Judge's sixty-first. Yeah. All right, home run ball. Jeff's brain. Another is still hard digression. Cooking <laughs> through lasagna. So this wait. guy, I want to talk about it. Okay, yeah, go for it. So Aaron Judge is like a baseball player, and he just tied the record for like most home runs by a Yankee player. Okay, and the ball hit this guy's glove. And then, like, drop down onto the ground. So, like, him not catching that ball cost him at least, like, half a million dollars. Can you imagine, That's like, insane. having break. half a million dollars like, in your hand your just, like, fall to the ground? Yeah. And his name was Freddy Lasagna. Actually, I think the guy next to him was Freddy Lasagna. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I do have, I know what that feels like. I actually had back when Charizard, the like first edition Pokemon card, mm-hmm. I pulled a Charizard when Pokemon like cards. Like the ones that Logan Paul bought yeah. for like a million dollars? Yeah, I had one of those. Really? Yeah, but like I treated it like garbage and it's all scuffed up and mm. I just don't even know where it is anymore. So huh. it'd probably be worth like three bucks now. But yeah. <laughs> I should see though. Well, you might still have it? I think so. I don't know where it could have gone. You definitely should see uh, if it's worth that much money. I, yeah. I could be making up again that it's a first edition. You're yeah. going to like have one of our listeners go rob your house now? Yes, oh, man. <laughs> I would if I was listening. Yeah. I might. Well, well Mike and Jeff It'd be nice are... to have you over finally. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Jeff are here in Yellowstone. We went in, saw some elk and some bison. We looked for our artifacts, mm-hmm. some, some arrowheads. We didn't find any, but we saw a lot of stuff. 
Yeah. We had a nice morning, and then we did a lot of Smash Battles. Yeah, that's why we're recording right now right. instead of yeah. like an hour later. None of us actually wants to be recording this Mike episode. Right brought now. his Switch, and if you remember, a lot of decisions we've made in our friendship has been through the game Super Smash Brothers. We just queue up like four or five computer players. We put them all on like the maximum difficulty, and then we have them battle. But before they battle, we assign decisions to each of them. Yeah. So like if we want to pick a movie, each of them will be a different movie. And whichever one wins, we have to watch that movie. Yeah. And usually we pick one that like none of us wants to that do. One, we <laughs> saw a bunch of elk and we were like happy to be home. So yeah. then we chose we have to go back outside until and see we see more an elk. elk. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can come back and smash it. It, it keeps tension high yeah. when you're watching. You then literally... we had watch the new Andor show. Yeah. Yeah, which I had already seen, so I part really of a didn't football game, yeah, yep. or record the episode, and luckily record the episode one. Yeah, yeah. no, we're uh, all kidding aside. We're happy to be here. This is yeah. great. This is what we wanted. You did wait. mention something, Wes, that piqued my interest about what, like, ten minutes ago now. That Yellowstone is the first national park. Yes, that's like when was it? When did all that happen? We just talked about this. Did we? I think it's 1872. Yeah, I brought it up in the. I think in our subscriber episode about Frank Welch. Was or maybe it so about, it's the only national park when they started national parks? Yes. It like maybe ignited the whole national park thing like worldwide. Mm. Um oh. so President Grant is the one that signed it in, but then like I know Roosevelt again, we're bringing up Teddy again, was like intimately involved with kind well, of how Yellowstone. Huh? Well, like there's an arch named after him and Just stuff. Just so you know, I have a listener question asking you about Yellowstone and just national parks in general. So should we save this discussion? Yeah, so that we can we can come we'll back to it. this later. All right. I don't like the combination of intimacy and Freddie Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Freddie. Freddie. Was what Freddie. am I talking about? <laughs> Freddie is Freddie twin brother. Was his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> Freddie Lazan. Freddie Toesevelt. Yeah. Yeah. Full circle. Freddie was always like, "Hey, what about me? Freddie, that's yeah. <laughs> what about Freddie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, today we're going to talk about. We're talking piranhas, and nice. the reason I picked piranhas is because I'm going to Brazil soon. I'm okay. going to the Pantanal, which is a region that has a lot can of animals. Might come? If you want, you'd have to pay your way, but you could come. Um, there's a lot Are of animals. You pay? I'm not. I'm the guide. Well, how about we just split it all? I can't do that. <laughs> um, anyway, I wanted to do an animal that was down there that we hadn't covered. We've covered jaguars. So the other two I was thinking, and we covered giant anteaters in a Patreon or a subscriber episode. So I was thinking of either doing anacondas or piranhas. And mm. I settled on piranhas. And I want to tell you guys, I've gone on a real journey with like learning about piranhas because I went into it like really remembering seeing like some TV shows and stuff talking about the movie people, Piranhas not, 3D. Not the movie <laughs> Piranhas 3D, but I have seen that. Seeing some TV shows and stuff where, like, animal attack shows where someone got, like, really torn up by piranhas. And so I was thinking, like, okay, I'm going to be able to find some good stories about piranhas. And then I was having a really hard time. And everything I found was saying that piranhas really don't attack people and really and never kill people. Mm. And so that was kind of, like, how I went into this. And then I was digging deeper and deeper and really having a difficult time. And then... I found a River Monsters episode where it was all about piranhas. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this and maybe get a little bit more context because usually he kind of dives into the history of whatever fish he's. It's Jeremy Wade. I'm a big fan of Jeremy Wade and River Monsters. Is that like an Animal Planet show? Or? Uh, yeah, it's one of those okay. networks. I like how you said fish he's, but fishies. it sounded like fishies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like whatever <Jeez>. fishies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Uh, I'm going to say fishies for the rest of the episode. Yeah. It's it's a good it's a good show and like he's a biologist slash angler and like has a, a unique perspective on fish. There's obviously like a lot of drama in it too that doesn't necessarily need to be there. But I have learned some interesting things from that show. I'm like some of these stories are from the show and then some are ones I found online. But I you guys are going to see by the end of the episode that I really did a big circle on this. All right. Okay. On the 14th of November, 1976, there's a passenger bus in northern Brazil, and it's making a really routine trip from the capital city of Manaus to this little city called Itacoatiara, which is a trip about five hours. There's a bus in this story, Jeff, so there's oh, going to yeah. be a built-in measure. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. I do have to apologize, too, because in our last 
or two episodes ago. Correction corner. Like, and I still think about this. I talked about that 27 inch hole being ripped in the tent <laughs> yeah. and Jeff just somehow like, like a rain man move got the exact percentage <laughs> of what that would be of a bus and all of us. And I was kind of like, our oh, listener Adam did the math and so did someone else. And they were both like, it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible. Cause now Jeff is encouraged and it'll right. never end. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe we don't want it to. It so truly though, it was like one of those, a savant, move but <laughs> or right. like a broken clock yeah kind of thing. exactly <laughs> okay so this bus in 1976 14th of november it's making this trip from manaus which is really the biggest city in the middle of the amazon to this little town it's about five hour trip it's overnight on the bus there were several families there's some students there's like some men and some women few um, piranhas and there's no piranhas yet <laughs> the bus is driving through the night and the driver either like lost control of the bus or fell asleep a lot of people think he fell asleep and they crash into a tributary of the Amazon river. So he kind of just like went straight on this ferry ramp and just launched the bus into the Sounds river. Sounds like he fell asleep. Oh wow. I think so. And as the bus plunged into the water, these passengers get obviously really scared, but the, the water rushes up so quickly that they're not able to open the doors or any of the windows. And on the show, Jeremy Wade talks to like one of the only survivors and his name was Dezeo Araujo. And he's a passenger, and he was, like, one of the only people that managed to get out of this window. And there's like, a kid that managed to, too. And as he fled the bus, he doesn't remember seeing any piranhas or anything, but he gets out of the bus, and as he leaves, apparently piranhas just, like, rushed into this bus. Oh, my gosh. A couple hours later, they pull the bus from the water. 39 passengers had died. Many of them had been completely torn apart by piranhas. There's just skeletons. So I'll get into some of those details. Um, this Dezeo guy, he was still present. He describes one carcass as being almost completely stripped of flesh with only boots remaining. He said that Jeez. among the bodies they that they brought out of the bus, there was like three young girls and a baby, and all of them had been completely savaged by piranhas. Oh, um, so at first I'm kind of skeptical because everything I had read said that piranhas don't kill people, that it's super rare. And then he interviewed another woman that was there. Her name was Dora G. Barbosa. And she was a, a young nurse. She was 17, year old, 17 years old and just started her nurse training. And the husband of her teacher was one of the victims. She said his face had been completely consumed with only cartilage she and was bone there showing. as like a worker She afterwards. showed up like when they pulled the bus out to yeah, maybe yeah. give like medical attention to some of these people, but they were all dead. But like her teacher's husband, his entire face had been consumed. Only cartilage and bone was still there. Um, her child, her childhood sweetheart was also one of the victims who had been consumed. And, um, during the, like the show, they would flash to some of the morgue photos from this and they looked like zombies. Like you could see bits of skeleton and just like, it looked like someone that had been decomposing for like months, not someone that had only been in the water for a couple hours. Crazy. Like, have you guys ever seen Hellraiser? Yeah. You know, you know, skinless Frank. Uh That's kind of what they looked like. Yeah. All right. So that's one story. In 2015, six-year-old Ardila Muniz was enjoying some time with her her family on the Maikuru River near Monte Alegre, Brazil. This young girl was with her grandma. She's six years old. She's with a few other children in a canoe in the river. The hot Amazon weather gives way to this really, like, tempestuous storm. And these windy conditions in the canoe cause the canoe to capsize. Mm. And when it capsizes, this river's kind of moving. The grandma manages to grab these other kids, but she floats off. And um, they can't find her or anything, and she's swept away. A while later, a search team finds her body in the river, surrounded by piranha, and the flesh on her upper legs has been completely stripped off by these fish. So this is one, both of these that we've talked about so far, timing is really important because... Both of them, it's much more likely that these people drowned and then the piranha started eating them mm-hmm. because that is like pretty known behavior of them. They will scavenge corpses, but they just don't really like in any of the literature I read and the stuffs I looked, the stuffs <laughs> I looked at. Um, and I did read a lot of actual like scientific papers for this one. No one said that they will like fully attack live people. Like kill someone that's alive. Right. Or like, yeah, like shred them like this. And like, it's not that they couldn't maybe, but it's like those people either get out of the water or drowned type of thing. Right. And like, they're not fast enough to be able to kill you. So yeah, on the official record, there's no 
person that's ever like their cause of death has been piranha. Mm-hmm. But we are going to talk about that some more. Okay. But so far, like everything I had found, like every single article I found, and I'm we're going to do a few more stories. The title of the headline would be like person killed by piranha. But then at the end, it would be like, authorities do say it's likely this person drowned before they were eaten by piranhas. It's like, okay, that's yeah, like, yeah. that's something you need to say first. Pretty important. Because <laughs> you're blaming an animal for something then that But then it you didn't can do. never say killed by piranhas. Right. And that sucks. To it not is, be it able is kind to of say boring. that. Yeah. All right. So in 2013, an 11-year-old boy is on vacation with his family on a lake in Peru. And almost all of these are kind of in the Amazon basin or like the or piranhas area. just like all through South America. Yeah. Did you yeah. say that? I haven't said that yet, okay. but we will get to that. When this 11-year-old boy somehow falls into the water and he can't be recovered. When his body was later recovered, almost all of the flesh and organs had been cleaned off. Um, there's actually a video of them pulling his body onto the shore, uh, and it is gnarly. It's not one I'd recommend our listeners look up. It is one I'm going to show Mike and Jeff real oh, quick. come on, man. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. Oh, oh no. Wow, no. that's intense. This is only a couple hours after him having gone in the water. Oh, no my. way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's that's pretty crazy. Gnarly. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a thorough job. Yeah. I mean, so to to explain so and like this is like graphic. When I was joking like all they saw was skeletons, like it's true. That is like, what it is. They clean up person off pretty quick. Yeah, to explain this one like the kid is mostly skeleton yeah. with just like bits of flesh hanging and then like the top part of his head from like his eyes up is like pristine but the rest of him is skeleton yeah it's pretty gnarly like when i saw that one i was like oh that's really like, horrifying yeah and so on the one of the episodes of river monsters i watched jeremy wade takes a full chicken and ties it to like a rope and puts it in the water like alive no like a dead one It's just like a completely, it's like a chicken, like you picture. Yeah. And it's gone in like a matter of 20 seconds. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of like, again, as these, as I progressed through these stories, I was like, okay, so there maybe isn't, you know, cause of death piranha, but they're definitely capable of it. So it kind of got me thinking and the gears turning like, okay, even though no one's officially said they've been killed by piranha, I'm starting to think that it's possible and it's probably happened. All right. In 2011, an 18-year-old kid named Oscar Barbosa is traveling in Bolivia when he's on a really small ferry that takes you just across this uh, this river called the Rio Yata. And he's like with his motorcycle and he's maybe a little bit drunk and he's really hot and he decides to jump in the river and take a quick swim. Off of a ferry? Yeah, it's just like a little ferry. It's like a okay. it, like a picture of a raft that they just pull across the river on like a rope. Okay. It's middle of the jungle in Bolivia. Like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like Brandywine Ferry. Yeah. yeah. So he jumps in the water and he's swimming and suddenly the people that see him swimming see him struggling and then he goes under. And mm-hmm. then when he's recovered, they say that he had been partially consumed by piranhas, especially his face and his neck. In almost all the reports I read... People said that it's very likely he drowned first. And then a lot of the news reports said that he might have been committing suicide. Oh, interesting. Put a little pin in this one because we're going to come back to it. That's what I learned from like every article I could read online was just like those facts. Okay. So there's a lot of these kinds of stories online. They say like person killed by piranha, but in almost every single one of them, it seemed like they probably drowned first. Mm-hmm. There's a 1987 study that looks at consumption of human corpses by piranha, and they had three cases they looked at. All three were in the Pantanal region of Brazil, which is where I'm going. One was a woman who was around 25 that fell from a boat. Her body was discovered a few days later when someone noticed a lot of piranha activity on the surface, and her body had been caught in some underwater logs and almost completely reduced to a skeleton, like really nothing left. A 50-year-old man drowned when crossing a river on horseback, and when his body was recovered a few hours later, he was missing the right side of his neck, his right cheek, his ear, and part of his tongue. A 70-year-old man fell into the water after a heart attack, and his body was recovered 20 hours later. All of the flesh from his head, neck, arms, and legs was missing, and all of those areas were reduced to bare bones, and then just like his trunk was still there. Mm. Um, So an important thing to remember in everything we've talked about so far it's pretty certain that most of these people drowned before they were attacked. But piranhas do bite live people. And there's a few studies that look into like 
these spates of piranha attacks that will happen on like beaches and lakes and stuff in Brazil and Peru and Bolivia and Argentina. And like an example of one, in 2011, 22-year-old Elson G. Campos Pinto was visiting Daveron Beach on the shores of the Paraguay River in western Brazil. He's lazily floating in the water. When he stands up, he feels a sharp pain in his toe. He looks down to see the tip of his toe is missing. And he sprints out of the water, leaving like a, a trail of blood behind in the sand. There's hundreds of these. This happens like pretty really? regularly. Like they can one bite take off part of your toe. Or your finger or like. I guess they'd have to they be take able to like, make you a skeleton in yeah. three hours. They yeah. take like a little circle of flesh if they just get you somewhere else. But if they get you on like the end of a digit, they can get through bone and stuff. Wow. wow. So oh, man. this is like a little blurb about some of these kind of spates of piranha attacks. So in Palmas, Brazil, there was 190 piranha attacks, all involving single bites to the feet in the first half of 2007 in an artificial lake. In Sao Paulo in 2009, in a river there, there was minor injuries up to 15 people. In 2011, there was like um, 100 people being treated for bites in the state of POE. And then in December 2013, there was more than 70 bathers that were attacked in Argentina, causing our injuries to their hands and their feet. So sometimes, like, the conditions are just right where piranhas just start really biting people. So there's a couple studies that looked at these, one that was in Suriname and one that was in Brazil. And it's usually, like, singular bites to feet or toes, but sometimes people lose fingers, they lose whole toes, there's a bunch of photos. I'm going to post some of them to the Instagram of people with just like the end of their finger getting bit off. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. You might be getting into this or you can go ahead and you seem like you're in the middle of something. Uh, no, you, you can go. ask. I was just going to ask whether you think this is they're hungry and looking for food or if this Perfect. is like exploratory like sharks do. Perfect segue. So that's exactly what I was about to talk about. Um, nice job, Mike. <laughs> there's two kind of things that tend to lead to these spate of prawn attacks. And one of them is... They're often in the dry season when these waterways that piranha live in start to dry up and it makes the piranhas be more concentrated and they have fewer food options and they tend to get a little hungrier and a little bit more aggressive. And then they also really happen when piranhas are breeding. And when they breed, they'll like lay their eggs in vegetation that's usually pretty shallow and the eggs will stick to the vegetation and when their fry hatch, the little baby fish will hide in that vegetation and piranha parents are actually fairly defensive of their young. Oh. And so when like swimmers or something are stepping in those areas where their young are, they'll give them like a warning bite. Interesting. So these studies that I looked at either blamed that or like feeding behavior. As, so it's either like they're hungry and they just start biting people or they're like trying to what defend their young. What do they like normally eat? We're going to get into that in just a second. Um, no, I'll, you know, I'll do it now. They often eat fish insects crustaceans like a big fish they can eat like decent sized fish like other fish eat them though that? too what's well, the okay so we're kind of getting into the the whole facts here but like the whole idea of like piranhas schooling and doing this cooperation of like all of them attacking a big thing at yeah. once that's not a cooperative thing uh. they school in shoals to actually escape predators not to like kill things yeah and usually they're solitary hunters it's like the golden corral after a football game sure like they, everyone's there it's not like it's not like they're coordinated in eating everything in the yeah. buffet yeah. but yeah. they they do it yeah, yeah. but they actually a, like they have a <laughs> you lot you landed that sure. plane Jeff. Yeah, i got that we, <laughs> they have a lot of natural predators a lot of things eat piranha so they're not these like vicious, they're not like the kings of the river. They're not out there just like eating whatever and not worried about anything. They're constantly worried about being eaten themselves. So they're mostly like eating things that are pretty easy prey for them where they don't really have to like risk any kind of injury or anything. Okay. So typical prey for them is like small fish, insects, crustaceans, and then some of them, they're actually an omnivorous fish. Some of them eat plants and nuts and fruits and stuff too. So huh. I am curious like why they're teeth have to be so sharp then yeah it's because they do fish. eat meat and mm. so like they can kill things like capybara or like egrets or mammals like they they are capable of that like capybara but they capybara they cool. really are able to eat a lot of stuff we're gonna get into more facts do fish do a lot of fish eat nuts i've never heard that before. no that's super it's weird. not but like piranha because they live in such a rich environment and there are like constantly nuts and fruits and stuff dropping into the water 
it's a it's mm-hmm. like a pretty good source of food for some piranha. We'll get into this a little bit okay. more, but we're gonna put a pin in that as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. Zip. So we've talked about you know these stories where like people were con- completely consumed by piranha. Yeah. And then we've talked you about us a horrifying yeah, video. It is awful. Yeah. Sorry, but I saw it, so I wanted you guys to see it. And then we talked about what are actual piranha bites, actual piranha attacks, where like someone gets bit on their foot or their leg or something, and it's usually like very superficial. You're missing a chunk or you have like a cut, but it's like maybe a stitch or two or even less. So where did this myth of man-eating piranhas that can completely strip a human for their flesh in minutes come from? It probably came from Teddy Roosevelt. So in 1913... Teddy Roosevelt had just lost his bid, his third bid for being president. He'd already been president twice. Back then, you could run a third time, Uh and he lost his bid. And after that, he decided to kind of go travel the world. And one of the main places he went was the Amazon Basin. And he went on this really long expedition. There's a book I read called The River of Doubt that's all about that expedition. It's really good. I recommend it. It's really interesting. He almost died a couple times. I don't want to celebrate Teddy Roosevelt too much because he also did some really heinous stuff. But he was also like a really intrepid explorer. He liked getting out and seeing things. All right. So on this expedition, he became really acquainted with piranhas and he really hated them. Mm. Like when you read his excerpts about piranhas, he describes them as being like demons. He really doesn't like piranhas. And here's a quote from his book that he wrote called Through the Brazilian Wilderness. So this book is Through the Brazilian Wilderness. They're the most ferocious fish in the world. Even the most formidable fish, the sharks and the barracudas, usually attack things smaller than themselves, but the piranhas habitually attack things much larger than themselves. They will snap a finger off a hand incautiously trailed in the water. They mutilate swimmers. In every river town, there are men who have been thus mutilated. They will rend and devour alive any wounded man or beast, for blood in the water excites them to madness." They will tear wounded fowl to pieces and bite the tails off big fish as they grow exhausted when fighting after being hooked. Some of that is true. Like when people hook a fish, sometimes piranha will eat it. Uh, They will tear like dead birds or wild fowl to pieces. But this whole idea of them instantly attacking any person that enters the water, we know isn't true. He also famously said that piranhas could strip an entire cow of its flesh in minutes. And there's actually a good reason he thought this. And this is a kind of crazy story. Mike, you're nodding like you might know this. I just have always heard the cow thing. And yeah. I've never known where that came from. Yeah. That's, so that's it, there's a really interesting like genesis to that myth. Gabriel brought that up on High and Mighty. Oh, yeah. I think he did. Yeah. 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 Apparently, there's this tributary of the Amazon. Like It was a tributary of a tributary that the Brazilians decided to name after Teddy Roosevelt. Because he was like visiting and he's an ex-president. And he's this big dignitary that was like coming to the Amazon. So they named this little tributary after him. And he goes to visit it. And when he went to visit it, they decided to like be ready for him and to kind of put on a show. So like unknown to him, they put nets like in a couple hundred yards of this river. They put nets on both sides. So like this part of the river was blocked off, like no fish come in or out. And then a bunch of these fishermen went out and just caught like tons of piranha. Mm. And piranha are really easy to catch. I've fished for them before. Like you need a tiny you chunk of meat. Your hand you st- yeah. <laughs> put I've your seen a video and, of someone yeah. doing that, just like letting him bite his hand and really? then put him in the oh, boat. Oh, geez, that's risky. Yeah. You can put like just a tiny chunk of meat, and the second it hits the water, you can like pull a piranha out. Okay. And so they just go out and catch like hundreds, if not thousands of piranha. Mm. And they put them in this little like walled off stretch of river. And then they don't let any other food in there. So they starve these piranha and they're just like way more concentrated than they ever would be in the wild. And they're all starving. So when Teddy Roosevelt shows up, they're like telling him like, Hey, don't go in the stretch of water. If a man goes in there, they get eaten by piranha, you know, and he doesn't know they've done all this. And then he's like skeptical that any fish could be that dangerous And then to validate their point, they take this really sick old cow who has like this problem where she's like bleeding out of her udder or no, she had like a discharge and then they slit her udder open actually. So she's bleeding, which is a terrible thing to picture. And they drive her into the water. And when she does, these piranhas go nuts and they eat this cow and like rip it apart because they've been starved and there's way more of them than there generally would be. And he's just like watching this totally stunned. And is just like, oh, piranhas are gnarly. 
And this whole thing had been staged by this really famous Brazilian ethologist, like a fish biologist named Miranda Hiberio. Why did he like want? I him think to he just that? like I think it was just kind of like a prank. Yeah, like they thought it would be funny. <laughs> okay. So this is like burned into his brain, and that's why throughout his book, through the Brazilian wilderness, he mentions like how ferocious and terrible piranhas are. It's a good prank. Yeah. <laughs> On who? <laughs> the cow. Just everyone. The world. We all think That's true. That's like one of the most successful pranks ever yeah. pulled. <laughs> so I mentioned they show up more for like predator avoidance than for attacking things. They're generally solitary feeders. They're up to 60 species of piranha. It seems like there's a lot of disagreement how many there actually are. It's somewhere between 30 and 60. They're native to South America but the aquarium trade has actually brought them to some other countries. So like people have let them go in other riverways. So both Bangladesh and China have like established piranha populations in some of their waterways. Mm. Um, and then red-bellied piranha are probably the species that are most commonly implicated in attacks. So red-bellied piranha are usually the ones you see in like movies or whatever where they're showing people getting killed by piranhas. So they have a single row of interlocking teeth on both their upper and lower jaws. So it's like they have really sharp triangular teeth. It looks like if a kid drew I love like, when, like yeah. teeth interlock. Yeah, they look like shark teeth. Yeah. And they just like go in right in between each other. And they're razor sharp. And they have a like a really similar enamel structure to sharks. Like they look just like mini shark teeth. A really interesting thing about their teeth is we've learned about kind of that conveyor belt of teeth that sharks have. Yeah. With piranha, they replace them in quarters. So like if they lose part of their jaw, it like that whole part of teeth like come back up. So just like, as like one. Yeah. So like piece? sometimes oh, cool. you'll see piranha that have like three fourths of their teeth and the other fourth is missing. And then that whole fourth will like come back up. Oh, that's cool. So wow. they replace them in quarters. I don't totally understand the mechanics behind that, but there's a whole scientific paper on it. And if we ever do another, another episode of piranha, I'll read that one. But it was really dense and I just didn't have time for it. Yeah. So aside from buoyancy, they use their swim bladder as a resonator. So their swim bladder helps them like stay buoyant in the water, but theirs actually acts like a resonator too. And they make some really cool low frequency harmonic sounds from their, their swim bladder. And if you pull a piranha out of the water, and I remember this when I caught them, sometimes you hear like this drumming noise coming from them and it's their swim bladder like resonating. And, and typically in nature, they use that as like a communication tool between each other, which is really cool. They have one of the highest bite forces for their size among all fish. I read somewhere in my research that if you were to like scale them up to the size of a shark, their bite force would be like 30 times stronger than a shark. Mm. And I did, I again, like fishing for them, sometimes they, you hear them like chomping on the, the hook and you hear it. It's like... It's like loud Whoa. and you know there's some power there. Like they yeah. can take off the end of your finger. They're attracted to blood, noise, and splashing. Okay. Kinky. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no officially documented case of a person whose cause of death is piranhas. But like I said, I think it's almost certain that it has happened. And as I was watching that episode of River Monsters... It kind of takes a turn because Jeremy Wade's saying the same thing. He's like, they don't kill people. He even has like a pool full of piranhas that he gets in. After giving them meat and blood, he like gets in there with them completely and submerges himself. And they like don't pay any attention to him. And he's like, you know what? This is true. All these biologists, marine biologists or ichthyologists that he's talking to are like, yeah, they don't kill people. They're not what we think they are. But at the very end of this episode, he's in, he's in this like place it's a small community on the Amazon River, and it's full of these people called river, riverinos, which are like people that get everything they need from the Amazon. Um, and they sometimes even live on those homes that kind of like half stick out over the water. Oh, uh, yeah. Those um, are cool. Yeah. And like the, this area that he visited is famous for having a really large number of red belly piranhas. And during the show, he's fishing for them and even sticks like a dead bird in and they like chew it to bits. And he's talking about it. And then suddenly he's like talking to this family and they're like, oh, we lost a grandson to piranhas. And they tell this story and they lived on a house that's connected to the river. And there's lots of small children in this house. It's like a multifamily house, mm -hmm. tons of little kids running around. And one day the mother of the family was cleaning some fish. And so there's all these chunks of fish and blood and stuff going into the river. And when you do that, you do get a lot of piranha that like congregate. And piranha, what do they do? What they do do sometimes 
is like doo-doo. doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> they do that too. Is they'll like if there's a good food source and one of them decides to go up and bite it, it triggers all the other ones to be like, oh, there's food. And they launch into this kind of feeding frenzy where they all just go crazy. And that's what you see in the movies and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Where yeah. the water's like bubbling and they're all going nuts. They do that sometimes. And it's especially common if someone's like cutting a ton of fish or something into the river. And that's what the mom was doing. And while she was doing this, the two-year-old grandson sprinted through the house and into the river and fell in the water. And he disappeared into the water. And they, like, went to go get him. And by the time they even got there, he had already been killed by piranha. And they got some nets and pulled him out. And by the time they got him, they said he had been, like, big chunks of his body had been reduced to bones. Oh, man. So it was really quick. And he was a pretty small kid. And, like, seeing those piranha tear apart that chicken... I do think this is possible. And this was like a first person account that he had with these people. And I, I kind of think that you can say this is a person that was killed by piranha. I don't think he drowned before he was killed. Yeah. Then there was another episode that he did where remember that guy I told you about that was drunk, that was on the ferry that jumped in and had his like face eaten, but that all the things said that he had drowned first and it was maybe suicide. So Jeremy Wade looked into that one too. And apparently, like, this guy had jumped off the ferry, and just like I said, like, he got attacked by piranhas, but he talked to one of the ferrymen that was there, and this guy said that he, like, tied a rope to himself and jumped in to pull this guy out, and it took him a little while to find him, but when he finally found him and pulled him out, he was already, like, completely ripped up, Mm. and he thinks, like, this guy was like, no, he bled out, like, that's how he died. Oh, wow. Because he wasn't under long enough to have drowned. Yeah. And then this guy's like, don't believe me go talk to this ranch up river. So Jeremy travels up river and he's talking to this ranch and he's expecting to get another idea like of a person attacked by piranhas. And they tell him the story of like, they found this horse that belonged to a neighbor ranch. And Mike, you're going to like this story. (laughs) They're leading this horse across the river. And right as they're about to get out, the horse starts like kicking and going all crazy. And it was being attacked by piranhas and within seconds, they mutilated this horse bad enough that it died in the river. Oh, my gosh. And wow. I kind of believe it all because I watched him like fishing in this river and the piranhas were just nuts. And he looked into it and he thinks that the, like this other fish had been introduced that was like a big predator of the piranhas. And it was eating a lot of their food sources and it was making them turn to alternative food sources, which I don't know, is an interesting theory. Who knows if that's actually it? But. I just wanted to bring this up because I kind of went full circle on this. I started thinking piranhas kill people. Then I like really bought into this idea of like, whoa, they are completely misrepresented. They don't. He got in a pool with them, all this stuff. And then I kind of went back to like, okay, there are some conditions where piranhas might kill people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you're in an area where like someone's been cleaning fish or if there's like something that's really caused those specific groups of piranha to become extra aggressive, there is the ability for them to kill a person. Yeah, yeah. it seems like if you weren't super close to shore, they could probably get you before you could get to shore. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, if enough of them are getting at you, like they can yeah. do a lot of blood loss really quickly. For my research in <laughs> piranha 3D, they can. They can. They go for naked girls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was like it was a really interesting thing for me. I want to like this. We're gonna go into pop culture piranhas, but like I want to talk about before we get into it, my least favorite pop culture, and this kind of it feeds into this idea of like how dangerous they are. Coyote Peterson, and Mm -hmm. then some other people have done videos where they're like. The like the title of the video will be like eaten alive, human hands versus piranha. Yeah. And it'll be like him and he's like, I'm about to do it, you know, and he's like, I'm gonna put my hands in these tanks. And he puts it in the tank and the and he's like, Oh, they're hitting me with their tails. And he's getting all like like groaning and like so scared, and they're just doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And then they like pour blood in there or like put in like some meat and they Mm. do absolutely nothing. And then almost worse than him is this show called Kings of Pain. And they, I think they're a little bit better in general, but the episode with the piranhas, they like do the same thing. The guy like coats his arm in blood, puts it in the tank. They do absolutely nothing. And then they pull a piranha out and like 
force it to bite this guy. Mm-hmm. Like they put it on oh, his arm no. and like push it against his arm until it bites him. And then he's like, oh, and like screaming. And it's really not that bad. It doesn't because yeah. <laughs> it's just like a straight bite. It's not shaking back and forth or anything. Yeah. So it's kind of like. They should make him crash a bus into the pond and then see if they get Yeah, hit. exactly. I do think like they're not an animal that attacks you. Just like they, they don't deserve this reputation of if you jump into piranha water, they're going to bite you. Right. You There has to be these specific conditions to lead to piranha attacks. And then they have to be even like more specific for them to consume a person unless you're a corpse. And then sooner or later they will consume you. So, yeah. Right. Anyway, those are our stories about piranha. There's a whole other story of like this ferry that crashed where hundreds of people died and they think a lot of those people were killed by piranha that i'm saving for another episode because it's really interesting but for now that's all we're going to talk about for stories about piranha do you guys have any questions i have one that's not piranha okay you know the movie the rundown yeah the i rock kind of remember and it. sean williams sean i feel like williams. that was the first rock movie yeah. i ever saw i wish so it was they the last talk about how <laughs> there's a parasite when you swim in the Amazon, it's a catfish that will swim up your penis hole. Yeah, is yeah. that true? It is. What um, happens when that happens? It's only happened like twice ever. Yeah, okay. and I think that the idea was that it was like attracted to the warmth of maybe someone peeing, mm. and then it went up there. But then they have these barbs that they put out. Oh, and you have to have it like you have to have your your penis cut open to get it removed. Okay. Yeah. So if you are ever in like the Amazon basin and you're swimming, put a little tape over it. Or just like maybe pee before you get in the water. Right. I think the main thing is don't pee in the water. But it's super, it's happened like twice, maybe once. Super glue it. Are you guys pool peers? Yeah. Sometimes. You don't? You don't? Yeah. Because I I really don't. Hmm. Because I don't want other people peeing in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't pee. It's probably been two out of three. It's been a long time since I've done it. It has. A couple days. It's not, no, it's not like something I do every time. But it's not like a rule for me that I wouldn't. Mm. If I really got to pee in a pool, I'd probably pee. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. I wouldn't I do it in to. a hot tub, I don't think. Well, depends on how big the pool is. Too. Another reason not to pee. I guess yeah. rivers aren't pools. Yeah, rivers but just don't. Pools. How about that? Yeah. You know, there might be one of those little you know what, things Mike, in a pool. I won't pee in pools anymore. It's it, it's probably been five or six years since I peed in a pool. I don't believe you. That's you, not either. Your answer was too quick. Was <laughs> well, like, <yeah>. I, like <laughs> I used to pee in pools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've admitted to plenty of stuff on this podcast. I'm not going to like back away now. All right. Okay. You guys have any other questions about piranhas? That was not a question about a piranha. No. I'll just point that out. I, the catfish thing is called like a cat. It's, it's it a catfish? With, yeah. It's so weird. It's a tiny little catfish. It starts with a C. They talk about it in Anaconda in the movie. Mm. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to get into our favorite. We're going to get into our categories. Wait a minute. (laughs) I did have one. For some reason, I thought we were going into like facts about piranhas. How how big are they? Like, did we go over that? So there's like, like I mentioned, there's a lot of species. Yeah. Red belly piranhas are like about the size of like a dinner roll. Small pancake. They're not very big. Yeah, like a small pancake. But then there's some really big species that can get like the size of like a dinner plate, like a big one or even a little bigger. Like the center of a steering wheel where you honk. Yeah. The center of a bus's steering wheel. The bus's hubcap. Here, I I know some of the articles I read had like a description of how big they were. They're in between 5 to 14 inches long. A few can grow longer. Some of them can get up to 20 inches long apparently, but... I would oh, wow. say from what I've seen and from the research I did, the biggest ones are like a dinner plate. Do the smallest ones are like a really small, like a small, I don't know, like a Cookie. silver dollar or something. But red belly piranha are the, yeah, red belly piranha are the most common and they're like a dinner roll size. Do people okay. eat them? Yeah, they're delicious. Really? I've had a lot of piranha. They're for fish. They're, I don't like fish that much, but they're pretty good. They're not that mm. fishy. It's like a really light, flaky white meat. Um, in Brazil, sometimes they cook them whole usually, and you eat like the eyes and the brain and everything. Oh, nice. Um, but they're really well, bony. But then like piranha soup. Um, they do it to us. They call That's it, true. They call <laughs> it's it, fair. Yeah. <laughs> they call it caldo de piranha. It's like a piranha. It's like a piranha soup. But anyway. Yeah. I got to work on my Portuguese. I'm going down there soon. <laughs> it's been a little while. All right. So any other questions? No. Yeah. No. 
All right. Um, and a lot of fishermen get bit because they're like trying to take the hook out or something and they get bit. Mm. That happens pretty often. So our favorite pop culture piranha. I'll go first. I was having a hard time finding them. I feel like they're ubiquitous in pop culture. And for some reason, I just couldn't remember any good examples of like piranha. But one I remembered was a far side cartoon where there's like the cat bull with, yeah, the cat in the background and the bull says piranha. And then the cat's missing. It's two front legs. It's, it's two, got peg two legs. Peg legs. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was mine. Oh, okay. We'll share that. Yeah. Oh, that's yours too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with minion. You like minions? I've never seen the Minions movies. Have you? I'm going with Minion from Megamind. The Megamind, you know Megamind. Yeah. Like There's the, a Minion in there? The fish that's in the tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's uh, a piranha, David Cross. A piranha. Is yeah, the voice. that's right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Minion, Megamind's pet, like piranha that's guy. That's a funny movie. That, I love it. Yeah. Like that... I, once I thought of that one, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good I'm one. not beating Minion. I think that movie that came out recently, The Bad Guys, there was an animated one. Yeah. There's a piranha in that, too. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's really not a bad Minion. guy. Yeah. Because Minion is great. Okay. Yeah. That's a good pick. Piranha plays dead, and you think he's dead, and then yeah. he's joking at yeah. you. Uh, that's right. I they have, need more representation. They do. But I feel like there's so many things where you see them. I just couldn't think of them. I thought yeah. there was a Calvin and Hobbes too. If someone out there can remember the Calvin and Hobbes strip where there's piranha, please send it to me. I And just like a little non sequitur too, I've swam in a lot of waterways where there's like tons of piranha, like where we're fishing for them and just pulling them out one after another. Never gotten bit, was never worried about it. And then when I go back to the Pantanal, I'm going to swim and I'm not going to worry about it. You're so brave. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do where Mike and Jeff paying attention. And I'm pretty uh, since sleepy. we're together. Yeah, you are. Since we're together, I'm putting money on the table. Oh, All wow. Right. Good old Whoever wins Abe this Lincoln. one gets $100 Mr. Bill. Lincoln. Mr. <laughs> Franklin, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I just put $1,000 on the table. Okay. So who wants to go first? Um, Me. I want to. Okay. What? Is the piranha species most commonly implicated in attacks? Red belly. Correct. One point for Mike. I'm going to put an M next to that one. Jeff, how do piranhas replace their teeth? Quarterly. Correct. Once every three months. In quarters. <laughs> we'll count that. Mike, What? quarterly would be every four months, but in quarters is how they do it. But that's fine. Mike, why do piranhas group up in shoals or schools? It's a defensive tactic to get away from danger. Correct. Jeff, I said this pretty quick, but I did say it. How old was the girl that fell out of the canoe, drowned, and was eaten by piranhas? Yeah, it's either six or seven. I'm going to say six. Six, correct. Mike, also... Did you know that one? No. <laughs> also said this one fast, Mike. How many people died on the bus accident in Brazil in the 70s? Uh, 30? 9? 39 people. 39? Yeah. Correct. What? Nice. Good pull. <laughs> Jeff. Holy cow. <laughs> name. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, man. Jeff, name one other country where piranhas have been introduced due to the aquarium trade. One other? What does that mean? One other country like where piranhas are now what? besides South America. Okay. Where piranhas, China. correct. Okay, these last two are the hard ones. Mike, tell me the name of Teddy Roosevelt's book about his travels in Brazil. Oh, man. You said it twice. I said it three times, and I made sure to say it three yeah, times. I can't even begin to guess. Jeff, do you want to try and steal? I need it exactly right. Mm -hmm. Adventures in Brazil? Through the Brazilian wilderness. Okay. Jeff, I actually think this one's a little easier than the, than Mike's. What organ do piranhas use as a resonator? Um, they, their hearts. Mike, do you want to try and steal? Bladder? A something bladder? A bladder or something? I don't you know. you got to be a little more specific. Okay, whatever. Guess. I can't, I You're mean, halfway there. A gallbladder. Swim bladder. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's what they use for buoyancy. Is that as well. a thing that most well, fish have? You or? guys tied, so I'm taking my money back. <laughs> <sighs> Just rip three it in three. Half that was good take. though. You yeah. guys had some good pulls. All right. Yeah, we want half and half. Sure. Rip it in half. Yeah. 
<laughs> do it. <laughs> just kidding. That's a felony. That's, okay. You'll get arrested. <laughs> All right. It's a hundred dollar. Our bill. next category it's a five dollar fine is what would Mike and Jeff do? So I'm just gonna. We talked about a lot of stories. I'm gonna set up. I was thinking that King Solomon story when you just were about to rip that. Oh, up. and say and who was like, "Don't rip Where it." He's like, "I'm yeah. gonna cut this baby in half, and you can <laughs> both have half." It's such a psychotic it way is. to decide who's <laughs> no. the mom. It works. It's such a psychotic thing to teach kids too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, well, this dude was really smart. He's about to cut this baby. Who in loved half. the baby, <laughs> like would let the other one have it. It's like who's this other lady who's like fine with half of a like baby cut in half? I know. And, and who's this king? <laughs> like, how are we celebrating him for being wise and great? Like, how is that a good idea? Yeah. Like, yeah. all just around, happened to work. it's bad. All right, so. What would Mike and Jeff do? I'm just going to set up a scenario. You have fallen into the river in Brazil. Uh, someone had been cleaning fish there. Oh. And you're starting to get bitten by piranha. What are you doing? Death roll. Death roll? <laughs> okay. Do you remember what I said they're attracted to? Commotion. Com- yeah. yeah. Blood and commotion. But I think if I spun fast enough, they couldn't hang on. They couldn't bite. <laughs> yeah. You're just flinging piranhas off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So really fast death roll. Mike, you got an answer? Uh, just bite them back, I guess. Do they... Um, I guess it depends on how deep the river is. Could well, you I'm going like, to say you're like waist deeper? deep. Okay, yeah. You're a like, fast swimmer. Get out of the river is my plan. That's a, that's like probably the right answer. Yeah. yeah. So the good answer here is get out as quick as you can. Yeah. And then death roll. Um, the best way to avoid piranha attack, again, is like the number one thing I would say is to avoid swimming in areas where someone's just like cleaned an animal or there's blood or like fish parts or anything in the water. Um, that's the number one thing. After that, the main things are like if you're bleeding, um, probably be a little bit more careful and then don't make a lot of commotion in the water. They actually are attracted to commotion. So when you're fishing for piranha, you actually like slap the water with your mm. bait and stuff because it makes them, instead of scaring them off, it brings them in. So, well, what I didn't tell you with my answer is, is actually me, you, and Mike all fall in. Mm-hmm. So I'm sacrificing myself. So you guys can, I just tell That's you nice guys, you. like go, go to shore. Yeah. And then I just start death rolling to bring them all in to me. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Yeah. One of the articles I read, it was like, if you have some meat, throw the meat away from you. It's like, who just has meat? meat. Yeah. <laughs> If you happen to be holding some raw steaks, throw them. All right. Okay, so let's go into our listener questions. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Madeline wants to know, what's the best prank ever pulled on you guys by your siblings? That's a good question. For me, is when I was like six or something, you guys told me NASA had just called you, and you wanted me to test suitcases that they were going to fly to the moon. So I was like, "Well, I gotta do that." <laughs> so then, so mean. just like shoved me into this like hard yellow suitcase and started like shaking me, like, "Oh, Jeff, you're going down the stairs." And then they were like, "Well, actually, let's push him down the stairs," <laughs> and just started like pushing me down the stairs in this little suitcase like a few times we had a big staircase too it was like a long one and we pushed jeff all the way down in the suitcase how many times probably three or four times wow yeah yeah and jeff would like open it we'd open it up and be like okay (laughs) i was like i think this one could make it to space (laughs) we'd be like no we need another trial um yeah that was pretty bad of us i always feel like kind of a dick when you tell me funny yeah uh, so one I thought of is we like for some reason when we'd go ice fishing as kids, my dad would always somehow end up picking like the coldest day of the year to go. And once we went, it was like negative 20 and we went to this lake called Georgetown Lake that's like pretty high elevation and we didn't have like the huts and stuff that people use when they're yeah, ice fishing. Just with, like, it was just chair. us and like our Walmart like jackets out on like a chair. And I remember that day it was so cold that like your ice fishing hole, the second you cleared the ice off of it, a new little thin layer would refreeze. So the entire time you're fishing, you're, we use like a kitchen spoon to just be scraping ice out of the hole. It was just miserable, like terrible. And we did it for like maybe an hour before I was finally just like, dad, can we go home? 
And he's like, yeah, we should just go because it was so cold. And right before that, though, or right before we left, my brother, Cyrus, my older brother, who's two years older, was like, Wes, come here. I got to show you something. And like unknown to me, he had covered his ice fishing hole in snow. And I'm like run over the little trusting brother that I am. I'm like probably seven or eight and just like plunge through. No, hold on. The way I heard it was... Uh He called you over and you went and stood right next to the hole. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, stand over like a foot to the left. <laughs> and you just like did stepped it. to the left That's probably and stepped what happened. in. <laughs> and I like, I did a full split. Like my leg went all the way up to my crotch and my other one like stuck out on the ice. <laughs> and I was like, ah, and like screaming. And my dad had to like pull me out. And I think he thought it was really funny, but it was like one of those times where he had to act like he was angry because it was so cold and that was like the end of the day after that so we like left after that cyrus cyrus had a few of those he's good at pranks there was one where like him and my dad or like him and our dad he was just like three or four years old and they went on like a hike and cy was like dad i need to go pee and our dad was like uh it's a wilderness son you can pee wherever you want and then, like, five seconds later, just felt like this war- warm stream on his <laughs> leg. Cyrus, Cyrus was just life. peeing right on his leg. Oh, Cyrus. <laughs> you got any? Um, no. my I love, so I love my family. And a large part of that is because we never prank each other. Hmm. Just let it be happy. What about that thing where you and are looking for the comfortable thing in your... In like the rice pudding or whatever. I mean, yeah. that's just like a family the tradition. Christmas. No it's one's like ever a pulled prank. a prank in there. The Christmas no. almond. No, <laughs> the Christmas almond. Yeah, I love the Christmas almond. It's tradition like none other. Yeah. Um, and then one more from subscriber, from Kara. If you could take any movie and replace all the actors with Muppets except for one actor, what movie would it be, and which actor would stay human? My friend Kyle said, "No Country for Old Men." <laughs> And keep Javier Bardem. That's a good the pick. Thing. <laughs> keep Kurt Russell. I say Lonesome Dove pick. and keep Tommy Lee as Cal. I'm going to say Fast and Furious 5, but I'm keeping Vin Diesel as an actor. <laughs> everyone, everyone else, else is Muppets and they're doing a big heist. This pick isn't probably going to mean anything to you two, but I'd pick the movie The Third Man and keep Holly as the only human in it. And just have like the big reveal. I shouldn't even spoil this. Yeah, I want to see it There's a huge reveal mid-movie where the light kind of shines down on a character. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's that person. And it'd just be a Muppet. And that would be just the most incredible. I'm going Halloween. And you keep Mike Myers. (laughs) And everyone (laughs) else is a Muppet. He's just murdering Muppets. (laughs) That'd be a good one. That's a good pick. We keep saying Mike Myers. I always yeah. picture Michael like Myers. Austin Powers killing people. <laughs> Great question, Kara. Shout out, Kara. Okay, from Daisy King, Daisy K. Bingham. Which members of One Direction are the different bear species? Oh, jeez. Bring them up uh, real quick. Yeah. Harry Styles was one, right? Yeah. Was he part of One Direction? And he's like the most charismatic and well-liked. He's got to be a koala. These, those aren't bear species. I would say, I kind of would say that maybe he's he's either a grizzly bear, or he's probably like a panda because everyone loves pandas and think they're cute mm. and stuff. Mm. He's probably the panda. Zane. Zane's Zane. very handsome, right? Yeah, and he. I feel like he's a he's a. I'm going Is he polar the bear. biggest. I think he might be. Yeah, we'll give him polar. Sure. Okay, Lewis, uh, Tomlinson. Yeah, he's kind of like a. He's like pretty, right? Yeah. So let's let's say he's grizzly. Okay. I don't know. This is like <laughs> Liam Payne. I don't know. What he he is. should be the grizzly. Okay. I'm putting Lewis as a black bear. Okay. And then Niall, we're going sun Nile. Bear. Nile. Yeah. He's the sun bear. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll huh. leave that one up to you. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That was you tough. Got any input? <laughs> no, I just feel old. Harry right Styles is the only one I can picture. Okay. Yeah. So. This one, uh, he put it out here, so okay. I feel like he's fair game All for right. us. Scott, love the podcast. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Would it be valid to say that National Park, specifically Yellowstone, comes to my mind 
are actually less natural because there is no human predation going on, aside in parentheses, aside from the removal of problem animals and the occasional coal. The suit of animals on the landscape sweet. Sorry. The suite of animals on the landscape have historically dealt with by bipedal mm-hmm. predation since uh well forever. For example, part of me gets really sad seeing all the elk around Mammoth just hanging out near pop machines and the people cruising through. Plus why does that NPS allow Plus, why does th- that MPS allow the take of fish and not hunting? So, why do they allow yeah. take, yeah, fishing and not hunting? The North American model of conservation is evidence that through proper regulation, healthy populations can be maintained while using the resource. Right. So, he's, he's pretty much just saying, why are we not hunting animals in national parks? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's saying, like, the North American model of conservation, which, to be honest, I don't love because it prioritizes game species so like he finishes saying part of me part of me thinks things would be best to turn it into federally designed wilderness right because he's saying if it's that way then it could be hunted designated designated wilderness wilderness. okay so like the idea behind the north american con like model of conservation is that hunters buy permits and whatnot and a lot of that money goes towards conservation but what i've learned firsthand is that then you have these species that are really prioritized. So like elk and deer are really prioritized. And a lot of the money goes toward making sure they're okay. And a lot of animals that hunters don't like, like wolves and grizzly bears are like considered pests almost. Mm. And so it's not in a lot of ways, it's not a very fair model of conservation. It's kind of what we work with and what we have, but I much prefer like the model of conservation of having like a preserve where you're just doing everything you can to give the animals the resources they need to like have healthy populations. So in the park, for example, we have healthy populations of elk, of bison, of grizzlies that are like at carrying capacity of like, that's what the ecosystem can support. And it's not, it's not like, you know, people aren't deciding what those numbers should be. So I get what he's saying. Like historically, you know, indigenous people will say, hunted those animals but also historically they didn't have huge cities and stuff that destroyed tons of habitat like yeah the animals had habitat right and there was a lot more of them so like it didn't matter that there was this extra predator on the landscape taking out like a chunk of them and there was a lot more back then there just was like historical records show that there was a lot more animals yeah and now we don't have that many and like i think it's great that we have these areas where animals have a refuge where they're not where they're not hunted by humans like with high-powered rifles you know it's a whole different thing too and i'm not against hunting like sometimes i hunt but i do think like this idea that that's the way conservation needs to be like through hunting like they need us to hunt them yeah i don't agree with that i don't think that's how it has to happen yeah like you look at national parks and they have the best wildlife right like they have people travel if you want to see a bear where are you going to go right national park right and like Part of that is because of what he's saying, like they're habituated, so they're so easy to see. But like the elk and mammoth are habituated because they planted this grass in mammoth that they really like. Mm -hmm. But it's not that they're like, it's because they're not being hunted, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of elk that people hunt in like fields, in farmers' fields where they like walk up to them. The numbers are better in national parks for Right, so they're going to spill into some of those areas. Yeah. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to dismiss his question. I think it's a good question. But I do think people in North America sometimes are stuck on that being like the model that works. And it works because we've like prioritized hunting and it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. From Sketch Tori, in your opinion, what animal has the scariest teeth? Piranhas? Piranhas are up there. <laughs> They're pretty scary. For me, it'd probably be one of those deep sea, like angler fish or something like that. Mm. The ones that have those really long, like straight needle-like teeth. For me, it's probably angler fish. I'm going extinct. I'm going saber-toothed tigers. They're the scariest? Okay. Yeah, saber-toothed tigers. Yeah. Teeth were insane. Okay. Well, I'll go T-Rex then. Probably. You know what else? Scary. Yeah, that's a good one. Or one of those like microscopic bugs that you like, 
a billion times magnification. They look like dune worms, basically. Yeah, mm. I was gonna say lampreys. Yeah, which are those fish yeah. that like latch on. They have the circular row of teeth, and they're really scary. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Okay, from Jessica Poole. Mike, do you also dislike donkeys or zebras? No Where'd way. Where'd you draw dude. the line? Donkeys are sweet. Have you seen like uh, Shrek? Shrek. Well, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Shrek one and two and three? What about zebras? Zebras are cool too. Okay, they have like so it's more mainly just horses. Zebras kind of have like the punk mohawk action going on, plus the stripes. Some horses. The coloration yeah. is really okay. cool. I'm not gonna fight you on this. <laughs> All right, that's it. Cool. All right, so we're gonna do a quick conservation corner. Um, it's gonna be really quick because piranhas are fine. They're like the riverways are full of them down there. Um, specifically, uh, there's probably some species of them that might be in trouble, but red belly piranhas are the ones we mostly talked about, and they are like thriving from what I can tell. So mm-hmm. it's very quick. Okay. And our last category is how much do we like them? So we'll do our claw ratings. Jeff will do his overall rating. Yeah. Um, it's I'm going to be s- in the hundreds. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to give them a six. I think they're really cool. I think it's neat. Like fishing for them was really fun. I think they're a cool looking fish and their teeth are really neat. Maybe I'll give them a seven even. I'll give them a seven. Yeah. I'm going to go with a six. Okay. They're cool, but I'm still not sure I completely like them. I think they got a cool name. Yeah. Piranha's a cool name. Um, And I'm going... Piranha. I'm going 424. Hmm, that's lower than I would have thought for a six. Okay, though. I'm not trying to make any sense of it. <laughs> what at Lower what way? I would have thought it would have been like a four to be in the 400s or a five. Mm. But I don't know. That's fine. No, Higher than you would have thought then. I don't know. I'm now I'm sure. confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't tell if the fact that they're less dangerous than I'd always believed makes them more or less cool. You know? Because before I would have been like, oh man, man eating crazy tooth fish. Yeah. It's like an eight. That like group attack and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I almost feel bad saying it, but learning that they're not so dangerous makes me think a little less of them. Yeah. Which is paradoxical maybe but i kind of always have a sweet spot for our misunderstood animals though yeah i'll go with a six okay so two sixes and a seven well great that's our first episode on piranha uh there might be another one down the line sometime but not for a bit maybe in a few years yeah if we're still here maybe once you get back from brazil you'll have a couple of stories maybe i'll get bit in our listener questions there's been like a bunch every time there's like when you're doing Treadwell, uh-huh. we're saving it. We're yeah. saving Treadwell. You know, right. we're going to be around a while. And we we got to save some heavy hitters. We yeah. got a lot of heavy hitters still, like Steve Irwin's story, yeah. right. Treadwell. Once we're as big as Rogan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then uh, some other ones that I want to do that kind of are in the works someday are like the New Jersey shark attacks from 1916. Mm-hmm. We've got The Tiger by John Valiant, the book about the Siberian tiger that killed multiple people. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some... We still got some really good stories that King were Kong. spread out. We got King, King Kong. Kong. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And um, let's go look at some elk. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye. 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 Hey, guys. Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.